said, oh, Lord, Jesus is a fire. What are we talking about? If you understand liberty, you realize that we don't need them to tell us what to do or what we should do with our money. I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute. Look at that baby. He's so cute. Oh, give me that. They did a great job. Wow. The bottom line is you can't fight reality. And the reality of the situation is people don't like to watch women play sports. I know that. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I'm the king Sukkot. I mean, it's strange to me too, but we talking about. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself. I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we're talking about. I'm here to stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this community. I am the majority. The majority of the people in this city are law-abiding, and they want their constitutional right to be able to bear arms. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about depends what time of year it is. You know, October comes. I start getting like the, it's a little cooler outside, and I'm like, all right, time for coast to coast here. Our aliens real? Where's Bigfoot? Oh, all right, yeah. in <laughs> my bathroom. I left the Ouija board open. That time. yeah. <laughs> Bob Lazar thing. Like he was on oh, yeah. Thing. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Because that uh, kind of is like the OG spark of the Area 51 thing, too, You know, right? like, I'm real iffy about it. And trust me, like, I don't think you could find a more conspiracy-oriented person than me. Right. I mean, I'm talking Yuri Bezmenov, Quiet Weapons for Secret Wars. When I was living at the compound with Electric Mud, Warren, their old bassist, he was kind of like their buddy, lived there with me. It would be just me and him. He's up in L.A. now um, <clears throat> working at a studio. He's going for audio engineering. But, I mean, all night long, you know, we'd just be up into the night. And, you know, he'd be buzzed and rolling, and I'd be good and drunk, and I'd have all these documents printed out, like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And yeah, like all the kinds of strings, <laughs> strings yeah. Uh, everything was making connections. So there was a minute where I had to be like, whoa, you've been drinking for like four months straight here. You're starting to lose grip on everything, you know. But, I mean, it's a pretty polarizing time in our society in general, so you see, like, a lot of people calling for drastic changes and shifts. You start looking around, you're like, oh, what's going on here? Is this, is this it? Is this the false flag? What's going on now? You know? But most of the time nowadays, I just chill out and drink, you know, or whatever. I mean, sometimes it's, like, it's super interesting. Like, I just can't not... I mean, anytime like an event happens, yeah. my first instinct is just to like look it up, look yeah. up, look up the conspiracy about it, look up the like the, even just if it's like even if it's obviously not a real conspiracy, yeah. just to look up like people what people are like coming up with as conspiracies. Yeah, but also, like at the end of the day, I kind of have just gotten really good. I used to really let it depress me, bring me down, like ruin my day, ruin my life. What, you know? Conspiracies? Yeah, because I just get so <laughs> sad and depressed, like so like depressing, like helpless feeling, you know. Yeah. But now I'm I do, I do a pretty good job of like after kind of going in those like dark rabbit holes or just kind of click 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 just keep oh, yeah. going keep going keep going. At the end of it, I'm usually now pretty good about just I don't know, just kind of like realizing like I can't affect it oh yeah i'm not actually I mean, really involved that's where you just gotta be for the focusing most on myself you know kind of walk away with like a good mindset of like a you know just leave it leave it be <laughs> instead yeah, of like I mean, letting it like really ruin your day now. Ruin it's your just life. i've realized that i can only affect it to my level you know i can either yeah. be ready for things or not ready for things and uh you know 
I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, that's the way life is. You can be prepared for some event you foresee happening or not, you know, and, you know, you can go around getting ready for whatever and people can be like, oh, that's a lunatic over there. What's he talking about? And I'm not like a prepper. I probably only have like two cans of chili in my closet. You know? But, uh, you know, I am a fervent believer but how much in the gold? Second how Amendment, much gold that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, nothing but about 34 grand in... Um, <laughs> Other assets, <laughs> Bitcoin? No. No, Bitcoin? No, no, not Bitcoin. Buried gold. It's the point we're at in our yeah. society, really. Like, people are so bonkers anymore. It's like life and death. It's like, really, we live in like a time where we are semi the bravest, but simultaneously the dumbest and the most fearful. <laughs> like, we're really brave about yeah. things like drinking until, you know, 10 o'clock the next morning when you started 24 hours previously and you know jumping off of a building naked with a mattress taped to you but we're at the same time really afraid of like basic civil liberties that we view as too dangerous or yeah. we need more security and it's like I don't understand you guys have me at the first half I want you to jump off a roof naked with a mattress taped to you I just want you to do it while you know you know you've got a bazooka blowing up and there's an eagle on your back or something like that like I just don't want to pay for your health care you know? oh yeah right well, I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, that's the big hot issue, man, the healthcare thing, man. I'll tell, you know, I'll say anybody that really wants any form of government healthcare, just uh, enlist for four years in the United States military and you'll experience healthcare that the government runs. And I'm not going to comment as to good or bad, but I mean, I'm choosing to terminate my contract after six and a half years upcoming, so... Um, I would also just like to throw in there that the views expressed in this podcast by myself are not the views of the United States. <laughs> and that if anything uh, is said that is in um, off color, it was uh, purely fictional. Uh, what, what was that Hunter S. Thompson said? If I would have, if I would have written um, nonfiction, there'd be a thousand people in prison from here to someplace or something like that. It's one of his quotes because all his. All his books were fiction, but yeah, the quote, yeah, had enough quote, yeah. had enough truth in them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah, keep that in mind. NSA handler and CIA tuning in. Like they really are listening all the time. You know, yeah. it's just at least hitting record. But there's it, at least like databases. Well, yeah, full of just them hitting I mean, record on it, every fucking thing that's ever posted. There's nothing analog yeah. anymore. You know, it's all. Well, they said they record like every single phone call and text message, which is an extreme amount. But it's yeah. like. So the whole idea, the joke is that you know you have an NSA guy sitting there like looking at your nudes. Oh yeah. The reality is it's just an automatic computer. Oh. Just literally anytime you hit send or any post, it's yeah. just an automatic thing that's like. Oh yeah, it's pulling it happening. into like it's, their little servers, it's, you know. It's, it's so they can, they'll be able to at any time in the future like look you up and they'll have this giant database of all your text messages and pictures and you know. The whole thing about, too, some phones do the thing where it records you. Yeah. So they can just turn on at random times audio or video recording, you know, and kind of do that shit. And it's like, if they really ever super wanted to fuck you over, they have that stuff now somewhere in a database, like, stored away. The yeah. difference is if no one's actually like looking at it, unless you are. Yeah, like, kind I mean, of they're, they're like, really <laughs> on the actual radar of being a threat to national security. You, you know, know, I forget who it was. I don't. I don't know think if it YouTubers was... are really. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was Snowden or somebody said something. He was one of the whistleblowers. I don't think it was Snowden because I think at this point he had already been in Russia. You know, he kind of didn't really hang around. He just had to flee. Bolton, you know, for right? all those reasons. First, I think. And yeah, then you know, living in the terminals and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I forget who it was. Someone went. To East Berlin, 
uh, at the uh, Stasi archives. I didn't get a chance to go when I was in Berlin um, two summers ago, but I wish I would have. I went to their secret police prison though and saw their interrogation methods and techniques. Stasi was East German. Yeah, Stasi. Wasn't the Soviet. It was no, just East no, German. no. East Germany was a very um, highly independent functioning satellite of the Soviet Union. Everything was internal, you know. I mean, puppet state kind of. I mean, and, and you know, I, I used to, you know, I was semi obsessed with the Eastern Bloc from the time I was a young boy. That's how I really understand a lot about these leftist things. And, um, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, Enver Hoxha, he's the dictator of Albania. You know, I had an Albanian cab driver last night. Where are you from, Albania? I'm like, oh, Enver Hoxha. How the hell do you know Enver yeah, Hoxha? What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I can have conversations with these people, you know, like these expats. It's cool. And then they like, like it. Albania, you know? that's Africa, right? Oh, it's yeah. uh, Southern Africa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about we I think I've heard of that before. That, but, um, yeah, the Stasi, they were probably the most thorough secret police force that was analog time frame. Uh, one in three members of the population were either an active member or an informant. Um, so that's one in three of a fairly large state. Everyone, right? Yeah, and you know, they you had all sorts of ways to blackmail you, you know, uh, you know, your kid will lose college tuition if you don't tell us what your boss is saying, you know. People found out that their wives were informing on them for 10 years when they opened up their files, things like that. So there was a, it was a very paranoid state. But uh, this whistleblower, I forget his name, he said that looking at this archive, they would need 70 times those archives just to fit computer-sized data, like on SD cards, micro data, not papers, not files, just to fit all the useless data that the United States various intelligence agencies collect passive data. Just, and it's kind of crazy. That's where we are, you know. Yeah. Facebook. I mean, that would put the KGB man obsolete. He doesn't yeah, need to be yeah. there with his quirky, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. tape recorders in the attic trying to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do it to ourselves, and we have this. We voluntarily post. Yeah, I mean, really, we don't care. We put about our education. It. We put our interests, our hobbies. We yeah. put pictures. Everything. We put GPS locations. We put Everything. our you know work experience. Yeah, yeah it's so yeah. crazy. And it's so massive. And I think you know. I think really that plays I'm a conscious large... I'm I'm pretty good about like consciously just being like having kind of like a fa- I mean it sounds fucked up but you have like a fake life online oh yeah where you're just like yeah this is the character I'm playing yeah for the databases <laughs> oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah. Target knows Sean Co- like online Sean Corey you know what I mean Facebook knows online Sean oh, Corey. Yeah, There's wow. a real Sean Corey that will never share his real opinions oh, or his yeah. real location, his real addresses or anything well, on the actual social media page and like hitting send, you know? I, There's I'm still probably ways where it's like even if you are super good about trying to not have everything tracked, it's like even if you just probably post a photo, they probably have some way of getting like data from the photo to get yeah. your time and location. Yeah, I mean, they can just data, reach like, in right GPS through your computer, and, honestly, really. Yeah, so mean, there's probably like, even though I'm taking kind of like conscious precautions, there's still probably ways that they're snagging that, you know, <laughs> snagging your info. Kind of that thing where it's like you, you, I happened today with hard me too. seltzer, huh? Oh yeah, the White Claws. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the rage uh, this summer. I yeah, think I'll partake in this yeah. one. If oh, you yeah. want. thank you. I they're very that. like sweet. You gotta like the sweet, but they're good. Okay, we kind of like them. I, they're you know like what? A, that's not terribly sweet though, because of the seltzer. The seltzer dilutes that bubble, a little yeah. bit. It's not like those. What the hell were those? Limeritas or whatever. They're like those I little think some cans. Of stuff, like the, oh, the mics and stuff. It can be yeah. like the ciders too. Can be real. Yeah, I don't do. Cider. I usually do one. I usually like to like go to a bar and if someone's like, "Oh, they have this really good cider," I'm like, "Dope!" And I try one cider and that's it. I mean, I can't just sit there and drink two or three. 
yeah, hard. I can't. Like, it's a hard hangover. Or sugar, it's just yeah. so sugary, you know. You like just, the Red Bull mixtures, cocktails, and stuff. It's like I'll try it. I'll give you. I'll give you your like fancy little concoction a try, but. I don't know if I can do two or three. <laughs> I gotta yeah. switch to beer or water. But I haven't drunk actually since so last night was the first time I drank in a while. And then tonight, yeah. In a while. I've kind of really cut back on that. Well, that's, that's not the worst thing in the world to cut back on. Quit man, smoking honestly. cigarettes too. Oh, did so you? Finally, yeah. Oh, <laughs> finally, I'm finally. Sort of pissed. I only brought one over. I gotta. Oh yeah. Four, four, four yeah. Out or something. That's the one where I was so good for like five months. It was kind of crazy how I quit. I just got sick, you know, and like yeah. I just like for three days couldn't smoke anyways, and I was just miserable. And I'm like, yeah. dude, this I just gotta quit it. You know, this is just gotta. And so then I make myself, I basically just made myself sick for another week by yeah. like just coughing and wheezing and feeling like shit. And then I was just good. And I really yeah. didn't have that much of like a bad thing, you know, like a yeah. bad, like a uh, mental drag hangover on it or like physical. Uh, it was just like one quick week and then coughed all the phlegm up and all the gross, you know, and then it was oh, just yeah. kind of been good. But after like five, six months, so that, that was like February and then like in like June or July, it was like, oh man. Like, I would just smell someone, like, someone gross, too. Like oh, a homeless yeah. man, like, smoking even, like, cigarette butts, you oh, know? yeah, you get the smell back. Just, you really do smell ooh, it. that little, <laughs> that little spine shiver, you know? Yeah. Where you're just like, ooh, I just really want to go get one. <laughs> <laughs> camel filters were mine, you know? I was like, I just want to get camel one filters. nice little camel filter. You know, I could just do one, More right? doctors <laughs> smell camels. One. one won't hurt. It's been five months. I was, like, really, like, having those thoughts, and I was like... Literally, like, kind of starting to be like, maybe I can just go buy a pack. Like, is seven dollars worth it to just smoke one cigarette? But then you're just like, dude, because yeah, exactly. you're well, gonna I smoke, smoke one. There's no way it's one. Well, you know? I'll say this: <laughs> most people that I know that have quit smoking, um, either for you know several months or for the long haul, they did it while they were sick. You know, it's yeah. just like a clean break. I'll tell you, a real good thing to be if you're a smoker is a hypochondriac because when you start getting uh, withdrawal symptoms and stuff like that, you just equate that to cancer. You don't even think like, you're like, yeah. I probably have some strange disease or something. Yeah. Like, you don't even think, oh, it's because I didn't smoke for eight hours, you know? So really, you can just be miserable and then one day be like, oh, I guess I beat I beat that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, good thing I drank orange juice. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, drink your milk, drink your orange juice. Yeah, fruit smoothie, banana, <laughs> potassium. Joe Rogan, whole cloves of garlic. That's what he's yeah. got me on. I'm eating, I'm eating whole cloves of garlic. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I make I make smoothies now. I'm back into that. It just makes with, sense. You know, if garlic. you want to eat your vegetables and vitamins, just drink them. Just put it all down. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's already, like, pre-digested then because you did it. And, like, the quantity you can drink in 30 seconds, it would take you, like, a half hour to eat. So, you know, you just put a handful of baby carrots in there, raspberries, blackberries, spinach, Garlic. I mean, it sounds gross, but once I put it all in there, I think it's because I put honey in it, too, and a banana to thicken it up, and then waters the rest. But, yeah, it just drinks real easy, and I feel fucking great afterwards. Like, my digestive tract feels better. You know, sometimes I feel a little shitty <laughs> after all the drinking and just processed fast food for a month start feeling a little funky yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> fuck the cows man I'm depleting the ozone yeah. all that shit but no, it's good yeah oh, I'm into all sorts In of four hokey ways. eastern yeah. oh yeah um well before we go too far I want to do a quick intro so I'm here today with Rowdy Rico at Rowdy Rico 1992 yep yeah yep 
Spell it R-O-W-D-Y-R-I-C-O. Yep. That's Rowdy correct. Rico. Yep. And this is the podcast Sean Fights the Internet on Sean V Planet. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Gab, and YouTube at Sean V Planet. And then you can find the podcast by subscribing to Sean V Planet on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Apple. And I usually don't like begging for followers, but um, I need to do YouTube. I don't know if you know how YouTube works, but like you got to like have a certain amount of views and a certain amount of followers oh for to like, like do live stream stuff oh yeah i didn't and I know do that. live stream stuff in like four or five months from now yeah so like i'm not really in a rush right now but yeah. like i'm gonna need like 100 followers or something you know yeah. <laughs> live so if you can i just want to beg people just go and follow sean v planet on youtube and then you can even just like hit mute just like don't even you don't have to like follow my content just like if you're on youtube just give me that give me that <laughs> that one extra subscribe that one extra follow just so i can uh do some live shit in the future Oh yeah. So yeah, and then I just want to start by just officially start by just asking like, uh, what's up? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, we've been talking about what's up. For yeah, I might have to edit some of that off. But you didn't. Well, really did you? You're else. about to get into it. I kind of cut you off and change topics, but I wanted to ask you, um, how many guns do you own? Oh, guns for me? Yeah. Not as many as you might think. I've really? handled really? many guns, but what do I own? And um, a Bulgarian. Um, AK-74 back home. That was the first Ooh, rifle I bought. Nice. I made $800 on my first paycheck at the factory. Went right to the gun show. Asked the lady, how much do you want for that? She's like, $750. Went to the ATM. Did two transactions because I guess that ATM couldn't do one large one. Gave her the money. <laughs> then she literally did the background check. Handed me the rifle. And then I walked one stand over and bought a thousand rounds of Russian surplus ammunition for it, and then walked out of there. And then, you know, to me, I didn't, I didn't care. But this was in the wake of Sandy Hook, so everybody and their mama was in there because that's the way it works. When one of these shootings happen, the gun companies love it because that's when they make their bank. They really yeah. build up the hype then that everyone's coming to grab your guns. And yeah. I mean. You know, really what... They said the, Obama was the best gun seller. Oh, yeah. Ever, Obama right? was great was for guns. So everyone, you know? every time anything happened and Obama kind of picked yeah. up the rhetoric, everyone went yeah. and bought it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I was, a, I was a big supporter of Obama back then. I was fairly left-leaning, a Democrat. I kind of just left everything down to the, the Constitution will protect my rights for that. Nobody's really coming. And then you have, you know, Joe Biden and old Uncle Joe saying, uh, well, you're absolutely right. We will be knocking at your door if you own an assault rifle. I love yeah, that word, yeah. Yeah, assault that, that, that bullshit word yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well and, uh, my buddy from Washington uh, he told me that that bill they passed just uh, a few months back it, it listed a Ruger 1022 um, semi-automatic rifle as an assault rifle because it can take a uh, banana clip in it and it's a little 22 plinker you know yeah. it's mostly used for small gaming but I mean if that is fit in there then I mean you know it, it's all about definitions but I mean the fact is I do believe that there are elements in you know, the left sphere of politics in our country that really won't rest until we have either a complete buyback or something like that. I really believe. I don't think it's maybe the whole democratic spectrum, but, you know, I, I do think that there are elements in there that really do want to disarm us. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just think it's an un-American type thing. Yeah. Like, um, it's just not going to stop. 
There's no. a group out there. There's a significant amount of people out there that will not stop until 100% of the people are disarmed. Or they'll, yeah, they'll do everything. So eventually you have to just put your fucking foot down and say like, all right, no more. <laughs> yeah, but when you do put Otherwise your foot down, what do you do then? Keep, then people, it just wow. keeps going. It keep, it's going to keep going until they're all gone. You it's know? like I was talking to my one of my buddies back home, his dad, and we were at this campsite up in the woods. And, you know, up there it's like, you know, there's no paved roads. You live out of a cooler. There's cabins, but it's generator-based. You help the old people. Probably very literal, wood. very small yeah. amount of liberals and progressives. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like you know, one, I one really just don't thousand. think. I just don't think they really think about it. You know, yeah. I just yeah. don't think they think about politics at all. They're just so up there and so far away that they yeah. don't care. But it's just reality sets in. Then it's not about a word play, a word game. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was talking to him, and I, I'm like, you know, the day might come where uh, someone comes to my door and tries to take my property, and uh, I don't think I'll let them. And he said, well, you can't say that. You'll sound sort of like one of those crazy people. And I looked at him and I said, I was severely drunk too, but I get a little more audacious when I'm drunk. I said, Dan, the only reason I sound like a crazy person when I say that is because certain elements of the media have tried very hard to make any man who stands up for his rights sound like he's some sort of radical or a crazy person. But you'd have to only exist in 2019 to look at the Constitution, read what it says, and try and defend that to be called a radical. Well, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, we were the most radical country in the world in 1776. Sure, sure. sure. But I mean, the rest of the world was monarchies, you know, in various forms. I'm talking third world. What was the. Do you know that? It's like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's constitutional. It's how how many fucking, like, goofy ass kings and queens are still Yeah, oh, yeah, there's so many. Sitting on thrones and wearing (laughs) crowns and stuff. Japan. Do you know about the Japan Emperor? Yeah. Do you know about that guy? Yeah. I heard someone someone in the know, who's like, went to school for, like, Japanese politics and, like, lived in Japan for a few years, was telling me all the crazy Japanese politics about the Emperor and, like, the. Oh, yeah. It's like the... Is it the Yakuza? Oh, yeah. The Mafia, the mafia? Yeah. But then there's like this dragon family that's like... Dragon. Higher. It's like higher up than oh, the Yakuza. Nah, I don't know anything and it's like, about oh, it's like, oh, it's like the Illuminati of Asia. And they're like... I did run The Emperor's like the... Like, like almost like halfway up the power <laughs> pyramid, you know? And it's like all this crazy shit. Like... Japan is crazy with its politics. They're, uh, they're a very conservative country. Um, not very liberal at all. Very conservative both economically and, and culturally. You know, a lot of Americans come there... They already have their, you know, Goku, Vegeta hair on before they get off the plane. And, you know, instead of being met by people at a Sailor Moon convention, they find a lot of conservatively dressed businessmen and women who sort of just turn their heads like, you know. But I loved Japan. I really loved old Japan. I did go to Tokyo a lot. And, you know, it's fun. You'll see the the bar girls outside dressed in their, like, um, sailor schoolgirl outfits trying to act, you know, ditzy like in anime or something like that. But that's really reserved for the cities. And even then, it's... It's like a working thing, you know? It's like, yeah. like you know, they have those themed bars and stuff like that. Not so prevalent here, but that's really associated with theme stuff there, you know? So a lot of, I feel like a lot of, um, what do they call them, weeboos? Is that a derogatory term now? Uh, Americans that really like the, chip, the the anime thing? They go there and they weebus. get like, I, I forget. I forget what they I call thought, them. Isn't that the social media thing in China? Weibo, <laughs> maybe they capitalized There's on it. There's you something know? like Weibo. There's something that's like it's like face. It's crazy too. It's like the most popular social media <laughs> in the world. 
wrong. It's like nine, It's like it's like more popular than Facebook. More people are on this thing. It's called like Weibo. Or well, something. probably there's more people in China that than in the United wrong. States, and Facebook's like no no there. So I mean, <laughs> that's so that you can't go on Facebook. So it's like every single fucking person in China is on this. Like, yeah, media pretty much. Called, like, I mean, Weibo, I'm not sure Weibo. if they've relaxed that now. I'm I'm fairly sure people in China can go on Facebook. I, uh, there's yeah. companies in China that I follow that are on Facebook, like for audio stuff. Like uh, Fio is one I follow because they make. Uh, digital um, music players that I really like. But yeah, I mean, uh, China has a thriving economy. It's just, you know, I mean, they're still run by a communist state. You know? Yeah. And we the subsidize that. System, yeah. yeah, we subsidize that. Yeah. You know, the Communist Party of China would have collapsed at most by 95, probably, yeah. Yeah. if we didn't open up, you know, whatever. the Walmart agreements with yeah. them and stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, we yeah. really started pumping trade. I mean, people yeah. forget back in the 60s, made in Japan was synonymous with made in China. It was the crappy really? stuff. It was the junky stuff. If you had something made in Japan, it was cheap plastic stuff. Jap crap, they called it. Forgive me for that. But yeah, that was the term back in the day. And uh, nowadays, it's made in China. And J- Japanese China. goods are really high quality. Um, but the funny thing is, in Japan, nothing is made in China that I really saw there. Like, even in the dollar stores, it'll usually be made in Japan. Are they pretty, like, anti-China? Oh. It seem to be, like... I, I wouldn't even say that they're anti-China. Race, not racist, right? That's not the right word, but, like, Well, no. Asian people over there uh, are significantly more openly racist yeah. than people <laughs> here. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's not really taboo to say that yeah. uh, over there. Uh, no gaijin. I was a gaijin. But I was it's Ichiban really gaijin. Dumb. I was number one. They let me in there. They let me in there. No gaijin clubs because I, I went full dances with wolves when I was over there. I became so disillusioned with the navy. By the time I left the pier, was out in town. I went with my Japanese friends. I was speaking Japanglish. I was going out there. I didn't want to see anyone I worked with. I didn't want to be reminded of it. So yeah, I mean, it was like a dances with wolves type experience. But yeah, you'll see it. I mean, they don't like gaijin or foreigners. You know, they'll cross their hands. No, no, no yeah. gaijin here. They're very anti like immigration too, right? Like you have to. It's like a very Strict, well, you like, can never become process. a Japanese citizen unless you're really? Japanese. Really? I mean, proper. Born I know in it's, Japan, it's like a, you can immigrate, but it's like they like really you'll do become, step after step you'll after step. You'll become a Japanese resident. That you want to be there. You know, it's almost like they want. Well, they to have like a residency card, everyone, yeah. and you can get that if you get married there. It's sort of like the loophole yeah. everywhere. Get married, it makes it easier. I wouldn't even say it's as easy as if you married an American citizen. Obviously, it would probably be easier to become a citizen here through marriage in Japan, just because of the way Japan's set up. But you get pretty much a residency card. I mean, it doesn't let you vote or anything like that. But, I mean, most of the people that are associated, like, ex-Navy, they don't want to vote in Japanese elections. They just want to drink their chew highs, live in the <laughs> land they fell in love with when they're 20 while they're 50, you know, live their whole life over there with their wife they have or two ex-wives or whatever, and they're half-Japanese kids and still work on base, and they just they are alcoholics. It was like the wild, wild east. Like, the haunch, the haunch is the bar district off of base there, and that was like Tombstone. That was what you think of it. Like, it might as well have the little piano guy playing, guy flying out of a window, you know, all that. It was, it was like the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were like the, uh, the Roman soldiers in Jerusalem, man. We were on the far edge of the empire. That's what it felt like. And at the time, I didn't know if the empire was crumbling or not. But, I mean, I was like, oh, if it collapses and I get stuck out here, there's worse places in the world to be stuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's. I've never heard anyone like go to Japan and just be like, "That place sucked." No, it's super. <laughs> and the misconception like everyone is, everyone comes it's, back it's, and just goes, "Man, that place was awesome. It's clean. It's well yeah. run." Like everyone just has like booming, amazing, like 
you know, recommendations about it or just, you know, yeah, stories I, about how awesome it was when they were there. There's sort of the misconception Military that Japan's too, yeah. overly expensive, too, and um, it's really not. Like, living there, cost of living, yeah, it's expensive because of the space issue. Like, how big would you say this room is right now? What, 10 by 20, roughly, something like that? A little bit? Maybe what, yeah, 15, 15 by 15, 20. 15 by 30. 15 by 20. Yeah, this would be... I mean, for what I pay rent in my apartment, it would probably be that for this. So you're looking at, a, like, your bed would be like the size of this couch, and you would have a clothing rack above the bed where your clothes are there. It's one super, room type yeah. thing. But I mean, that's just the way they live. They're very um, conservative about space because they have a population issue. They build up more than across more. But uh, yeah, that's the expensive element. Obviously, if you want to live there for what you get. In terms of property you own, it's expensive. But uh, just eating, I mean, I'll tell you, the 7-Eleven that they have there was the best place I ever ate in my life. <laughs> and doesn't that sound weird? My favorite place to eat is 7-Eleven. Someone said the same thing about Hong Kong with McDonald's. Uh, I've never been to like Hong Kong. The best restaurant I've ever been to is Hong Kong McDonald's. <laughs> You've been to Hong Kong McDonald's? No, but no. Someone said I that? Was saying well, that, I'll, you know. I'll speak as to, like, every country has their McDonald's and their Burger yeah, Kings and stuff. Like, you can get spaghetti and meat sauce at Philippines really? and fried chicken at McDonald's. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just a totally different marketing system. <laughs> Japanese McDonald's is great. I loved it. They have, uh, what, teriyaki burger? It's like they sushi have, or something. What do they call it? <laughs> oh, no, no. no. They have, like, but they do have their own. They do have their own flair. Like there was a what a chicken hamburger that was like that was like a McChicken, but they called it a hamburger. Still, everything's like a hamburger there, and you know it had cheese melting on it, and it was just good. Like you, when you bit into it, you knew that it was a different chicken patty than your McChicken that you've been eating for five years. Yeah, a little piece. It just of it, yeah. tasted really good. The fries were never stale, and when you got every sandwich you ordered there looked exactly like it did on the picture. Which is like obviously that's the living trope in the United States that oh it never looks it's like just, the picture yeah, but like there it just yeah. does. You don't tip anybody in Japan. Nobody. If you leave uh, two pennies or yenies on the table, they'll chase you outside to give you your two cents back because really? it's all incorporated yeah. in the price. In the price. Yeah. Uh, tipping is a no no. Nobody doesn't. And if it's you're like in the just an American thing too, right? That seems like Europe doesn't do it. Europe. I mean, I've been to Europe. They expected tips depending on oh, like, really? especially like service oriented jobs like waiters and waitresses. I'm talking bar. Waiters, waitresses don't want your tip money in Japan. Now, yeah, in the American area, like the haunch outside of base, it's Americanized, and those guys are in it to win it, you know, and they're all getting extorted by the Yakuza. So, hey, throw it all in there, and we love to treat those. We love to treat those guys right, but yeah, we'll tip them there. But uh, yeah, that whole district's run by the Yakuza offside of base there. There's only one bar that's not. Old man runs it. They burned his bar down, and he opened it up the next day. Didn't even renovate it. You go inside there, and it looks like a set from MTV's Headbangers Ball. It's called Popeyes. <laughs> and there's CRT TVs, like, with the fronts cracked in, a pool table. I did a lot of work in there. I used to be a graffiti artist when I was a kid. I got arrested for that. So I sort of rehashed that up and did a lot of artwork for these bars. So I'd be in there, but, it, you know, it's just a cool... You just see a lot of weird stuff over there, you know. And everyone wants to have fun. So when you're at the bar, there's an 80-year-old man there. Next to him is, uh, you know, some 25-year-old girl he's bothering. There's a 40-year-old lady there. I'm obviously flirting on her because I'm into cougars. And, you know, it's just everybody's talking. Whereas you go to a bar here, like an OB or IB, you know, these supposed divey areas. And, you know, people only talk with their group. They don't want to interact with you. Or if you do, maybe you can strike up a conversation. But... I don't know if it's because the bars are so close together, but you just end up talking to everybody there, and it's all about having fun and making friends. Fights only ever happen between 
sailors, you know, like, oh, you fucked my girlfriend. Yeah, I did, I did. You know? But, yeah, it's just a totally, it's chill in Japan. It's very chill. I did like it there a lot. Good culture. Hell, yeah. I, I'm, I love old people, dude. I love to be around them. So and over there, where it's like a more natural thing, it's cool because I want to hear their stories, you know. Getting to talk about a guy who was, you know, five years old when Hiroshima happened and he remembered it and Whoa. talking to him about yeah. that, you know, that's cool. That's cool to do. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Whereas here, him? it's like, you don't do that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta be a real day drinker to talk to the old people at the bars in this area. You gotta go to the oh, yeah. harp at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I like I like talking to old people, like veteran people who fought in World War Two or something. Oh, yeah. you know, people who lived through the depression. You know, because they have like awesome fucking stories. You know, and they've seen so much change throughout their life. Yeah, but I hate talking to boomers. Oh yeah, I know. I know such a theme. I, you know, I hate baby boomers like too. Old, you quote unquote, it's like anyone that's like 40, 50, 60, It's like, dude, I just can't. I mean, yeah. They, well, they kind of skipped oh, everything, man. didn't they? <laughs> and then I you mean, go to they, Generation X, and it's like I'll start talking to you guys again. Yeah, guys they're, they're all right. You know, <laughs> they're all right. They're all over the place. You're either Straight a, out, dude, you're either so a multi-millionaire <laughs> or you're a heroin addict repeat offender. You know, the Generation yeah. X is a wild card. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're getting. At. Now we got the millennials. You know. What did the boomers do? Like, they just literally, there's no, like, cool, like, they didn't really do anything other than just fuck things up. Yeah, they did it so But, like, then think about their parents were just unbelievable. Like, I actually wish I was, I was the really young in my family, so my grandparents, like, died when I was, like, real young. Because they were, like, older, you know? But I wish I had time to, like, speak to them. Yeah. Because they, like, fought in wars and, like, lived through the Depression. And there's, like, this story, like, so there's, like, two badass, I mean, my grandpa, I'll tell my grandpa's war stories in a second, which are kind of badass, but, like... My grandma on my other side, my mom's side, uh-huh. had like a thing that was like a book, like a birth book of her family. And they had like like pennies from the year you were born in. You know, like oh, in cool. the book, Yeah, that right? sort of like thing. I think it was like 19, whatever, 1910 or something was when she was born. And they were gone. They're missing. And so my family was, you know, going through the books and like asking, like this, you know, story about, you know, grandma, why, why are the pennies missing? Like, you know, did you just lose them or something? And it's like, no, like it was like the Great Depression. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, like literally, yeah, that exactly. penny was worth you know, like oh a, yeah, a penny meal back almost, then. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like literally, like it's like that kind of story where you're like, whoa, that really puts some shit into perspective, you know? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's funny you say that. It makes that you like appreciate, that. you know, not getting your dessert. You know, it one was night probably a week. right around the time that um, I first met you guys at that Electric Mud show when I was filming. Them. It might have been a little after that. Um, I was watching Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and there was one line in it that just really bothered me, among all of the things that are goofy in those movies. Like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in the beginning of the bad guy, the French guy, Belloc, they're, I guess it's about halfway through, they're in, like, the bar, and it's obvious that everyone there is in this guy's crew, and Indiana Jones is kind of just mean-mugging him and smart-mouthing him. And he's talking about what's priceless and what's not, and he takes out this pocket watch. And he's like, look at this pocket watch. It's junk, cheap junk. I paid $30 for it. I buried it in the sand, and in 100 years it becomes priceless. So I, I looked it up. I'm like, I heard that. I'm like, $30? I looked up how much $30 was worth in 1936 with inflation, 
And I mean, that thing was probably like a moderately priced Rolex yeah, like, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, worthless. I'm like, that's worth stealing right now. I wouldn't call that junk. Yeah. It's not. It's not a Casio Time Master right there. Yeah. Thirty dollars. You know, people just yeah. don't think about that. Like a day's wage might only be it was like, like houses were five thousand dollars. Yeah, you, you might make like twenty five cents a day. Like houses here in San Diego that are million dollar houses were like five thousand dollars. And yeah. <laughs> well, the cool thing about Japanese currency is it was pretty much pegged with us, but we were doing a little better. So everything was a little bit cheaper than what I'd be paying. Like things that were closely priced, at least. But their lowest denomination for Are paper they, is ten dollars, yeah. one thousand yen. Yeah. They don't have five dollar notes, one dollar notes. They have a penny, a yenny. They call it. it's made out of aluminum, which most states their useless coin was made out of aluminum. East German money was aluminum. We, for some reason, a penny is worth more out of what it's made than what it's worth on the market. Honestly, yeah. it's the funny thing about it. We actually <laughs> lose money making pennies. Because, zinc, right? Yeah. The zinc, well, right? they fill it with zinc now. It used to be full copper all yeah, the way like through. I think all it's, through. there's like a year, right? Like 83 or something where it's like before yeah. that year, The big ones are, are the like, hay pennies or whatever that have like wheat on the back instead of the Lincoln Memorial. Those oh, ones right, are yeah. worth a lot more, but I know for sure those ones have it. Because well, one of them is like, I think it's like 82 or 83 or something. Yeah. It's like if you collect, like if you were to get like 100 of, of those pennies, you'd yeah. actually have like $3. In your hand. Yeah, you could just because it's like real copper. Yeah, you could but scrap if you had them for like more than all, they're worth. Like if you replace all those pennies for like one year later. Yeah, it's like almost like the value of it is like ten cents. Oh yeah, because the zinc is like actually technically not worth a lot, you know. No, no. But it's then cheap. we say the dollar is one dollar. You yeah. know, the value is the dollar, but like the reality of like the materials being used is like so different in value. It is. But the cool thing Which about that, silly. having that's <laughs> like just use that. <laughs> I mean. I had a coin purse when I was in Sounds Japan. Sounds like a scam. <laughs> what did I have? I had a coin purse that had a little slot, and I'd put my banknotes in there. Because a lot of the bars didn't take card or anything. It was all cash, so it forced me back into the cash habit. But having the coin purse and all that was really cool because you started using coins. And I don't know if people realize it because coins are such a hassle here, but... When you're dealing with coins that are worth five dollars, one dollar, you know, or you know, what the, we had like a two hundred and fifty that was like a weird one that was like two dollars and fifty cents or something like that. It was like I don't know, it was just cool buying things with coins. You slap four coins on, that's four dollars, you give it over to them, whereas for us if we'd have to have for four dollars, we'd have to have what's four times four, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, was it? I think. I don't know. I think we need to fact check yeah, I that. Think too. Get, the, get the dogs to fact check. <laughs> Yell yeah. at your headphones right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yell at your cell phone. But for real though, it was cool. I mean, just to have that, and it's a little heavier. But paper money is really annoying. Like yeah. cash is annoying. You get like, especially if you're in a place like a strip club or something style, where you have a hundred dollars, but like fifty of them are ones. You got some tens in there, some fives. You're trying to get it all you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so coins Flat are nice out, yeah. i mean you can really separate them really easy there's different colors different shapes you know this 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 but coins are really are about having that weight in your hand yeah like having true. like a big it's almost the inverse effect now like yeah. they've trained and conditioned us but it's like to make you feel it's i feel like when you have, have a big handful yeah. of quarters like it's like five dollars of quarters yeah. you know so what would that be 20 quarters yeah. 20 coins you know I feel like there's like something powerful about having that weight in your hand. And it's almost like you have to kind of grip it because it's like the coins can fall. Uh-huh. So you kind of have to use your pinky. Yeah, your you thumb. feel kind of like, like you feel like yeah, there's like gold there, there's or a something. something here. 
<laughs> and then imagine like a five dollar bill. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a piece of paper. And our you just money throw it really away, rip it up. Joke. Doesn't matter. Like our color money's on it. so poorly. Give made. it to your kid. He doesn't really realize the value of it, so he just starts using a marker and drawing on oh, it. Oh yeah, know? yeah. But like a coin, like a handful of coins, or something about that that like feels good, you know? Yeah, no. But then I, the I inverse, like that, it's yeah. almost like this upside down world we live in, right? Where it's just like that's broke as fuck. It's like if you went up to a cash register with a handful of coins, and it's almost like. Like, I work in, like, you know, customer service, and it's people, like, apologize. Like, oh, sorry, I got yeah, coins. Yeah, coins. Oh, man, I'm sorry to be a pain, you know? <laughs> and I always was like, uh, A, I don't give a fuck, and I kind of <laughs> like it. But also, B, like, my, usually, like, I work at a place that's, like, the register needs quarters right now anyways, you know? Yeah. So thank you. The register helping. always needs quarters. <laughs> thank you for making my job a little easier. I mean, if you have, like, like $5 in pennies, you're counting out individually while I have a line of customers behind oh, you. I, yeah, okay. Hurry it up, lady. You know? Retail is <laughs> Come my on, nightmare, bro, you know? dude. I'm pretty sure I got shortchanged every, every time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it I always that's enough, like, and it's like, oh, it's yeah. like you're just, like, I'm 40 right, cents well. short. They look at the register, they're like, we're short $20. I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's those ones. But when that someone do just hands you like one of those coins, that's like a Kennedy, and you're just like, "What the? F- is this like fifty cents, or is this like a dollar?" Well, like- if you sell it on I mean, eBay, like- it's worth <laughs> forty bucks. So we're that's- just so used to the you know the penny, nickel, dime, quarter. Yeah, someone will just slap like a sack of Joia coin. You're like, "What the oh, fuck? Yeah. Is this two dollars? Is this one dollar? Yep. This- <laughs> that gold <laughs> the thing? Ross, you're like, "Oh what?" <laughs> you know, I got a roommate. Named, I gotta Google um, this real quick. I got a roommate named Sappy, and he likes <laughs> he likes sort of obscure things. What's up, Sap? I ain't talking no trash on oh, yeah. you. But I wanted to go to the Put laundromat, and I, I told him to bring some coins because the laundromat would not take my card. And I'm like, do you have coins, quarters? He's like, yeah, I'll bring some. So we went in there, and we got in there, and he hands me a bag full of Sacagawea dollars. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> And that's like you can't even put it in the and machine I just and get look it at it. And I'm like, <laughs> the coin slot doesn't. I'm like, sap. I'm like, this machine isn't gonna. He's like, it is U.S. currency. It should take it. I'm like, how would you even get these? He's like, I went to the bank and I asked them for fifty dollars in Sacagawea. I'm like, and they had that. He's like, yeah, they have it. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, they think you can do, can, can oh, do that. So, right? I, so I put the coin in, and of course, it spat it right out. It didn't want the sack. It wanted four quarters or not my credit card. So I had to walk like two blocks to the ATM, but I'm just going through this. I'm like, why did he bring Sacagawea <laughs> dollars? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe in a perfect world, the machine will take them, but this laundromat don't give a damn. Yeah, it wants yeah. quarters. You know? yeah. That's in my apartment the other day. I had... Because I get a lot, I get tips, right? So as I get a change, I keep the quarters, cash all the tips out for, you know, like an excessive amount of $1 bills, you know? But I have quarters and $1 bills and, you know, I just have piles of them and some like do my laundry and it just won't go. Like it's a coin slot, like old school, you know, like 1990s laundry machine, you know, it's a coin slot, not really like too high tech and it won't go. And so I'm like, fuck, did this thing just break? And it was the dryer too. So like my clothes are wet. So I'm like, fuck, like, I really need to dry my clothes, you know? <laughs> so I'm going, I'm going, and finally I'm just like, dude, what's up? Maybe the quarters are bad. And so I pull them out, and like, sure enough, one of them is like a Canadian 25-cent quarter. Yeah. Which is like almost, sense. I mean, if you've ever seen it, it's like almost identical. If you held one yeah. of those in your hand, you would think it's identical. All their coins are almost it's identical. It's a little, no. tiny little bit lighter. And well, a little you'll get skinnier. them from the bank. You'll get Canadian pennies, though. Yeah, I know right. that. If, uh, 
what I was I ended up on the like weird such part. Bullshit. It's like I, I couldn't. So, I mean, it's whatever. I just walk upstairs yeah. and get another quarter. But it was just like that little like my even that old school like '90s washing machine. Yeah, the old washing machine couldn't even like still was like able to detect that. Like yeah, really slight it's just the weight. Yeah. It's because it's all mechanical. You know, it's, it's just like, like a little lever system, right? A little yep. pulley thing. It, it's I think exact. they read the grooves on it too. There's something about the pattern of some of those machines. They read because the grooves it counts. So as the quarter goes through, it counts like click, 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 click. It's like a thing that like click, 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 and it counts like okay, that was a hundred grooves, which means that's a quarter. And then oh it's man! Click, 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 and it counts okay, that's fifty grooves. It that could was a dime, be. It you could know? be. It seems a little far. So you can kind of do that. Though, so sometimes, so someone said when it's those things, you can actually like sometimes when they do those plastic coins. They're like, you know, like replica coins. Or oh, you have the little fish like string, tools. you pull it back out. Or you like, pull it out, yeah. <laughs> the old doozy on him. <laughs> yeah. The guy in the movie, he was always like a shyster. He had the zoot suit. He'd be like, whoop. Like, oh, listen, honey, the give me Irene on the phone. The, coat, the trench coat he opens oh, yeah, up with yeah. like <laughs> everything you need. Listen, <laughs> Irene, I'm coming to some money. Get Ethel to get the car around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't finish what you, my question. I just realized that. How oh, yeah. many guns do I have? I have oh, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven firearms, yeah. Uh, only two okay. of them are in the state of California. Yeah. Yep. It's tricky here, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And it, but it's goofy, though. Like, uh, yeah. I remember I was at the bar at the plank, and uh, it was like two days before I went home for my last vacation, and I was talking to my buddy. And, like, sort of this older boomer dude, as you'd call him, came in there, yeah. swank. He had his Rolex on. He didn't want to talk about it. He's coming to the plank, you know, he's sitting there. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to go up to the woods. I'm going to shoot my AK and, you know, have fun. He went, what'd you say? And he was, like, clear 10 feet away. I guess I was loud from being drunk. What'd you say? I said, oh, I'm going to go up to the woods and shoot guns. He's like, what kind of gun did you say? I'm like, AK-74. He said, you don't have that. I'm like, yeah, I do. I bought it with my own money. He's like, he's like no, you don't. You're not allowed to own that. And I, I think he was thinking California terms. I'm like, well, sir, where I'm from, a lot of people have those. And he just goes, well, I'm glad I'm not where you're from. And I said, I'm glad you're not from there yeah. either, asshole. Like, what yeah, the don't fuck? move there and vote. But actually, here's the funny thing. <laughs> this is how ignorant these people are. You can own an AK-47 in California. Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. It's just so retarded how they do it. Well, they're mine semi too. I mean, it's insane a, registered database. Yeah, that yeah. well, I mean, I registered forever. mine too. That's why I don't get it. It's really when you get down into the gun control of it, it's retarded. Like an AK-47 is a very simple machine. Yeah, it's designed very simply, and uh, the way the handle goes on it is there's a screw that puts the handle in it, and there's a little bolt. You have the top off it. You put the bolt there. You put your plastic handle up there, and the bolt through, and it tightens right. In California, they have a handle that goes on it, but instead of being able to put your thumb around it, there's a huge paddle there to stop your thumb from going around it. So you have to shoot it like this. Like it's a With fucking, a, yeah, like a rifle. But it's a exactly, rifle. no, no, not a hunting rifle. A hunting rifle, you can at least put your thumb around it. This oh, is, yeah. it looks like a Planet of the Apes gun. You know, your thumb just has oh, like, like a, a you're like barely a holding it, right? sci-fi gun or something, like a laser beam gun or something. But you can buy it like that legally in California. But all you have to do is take that screw out and have a little plastic piece that you can buy in the mail and mail yeah, here, and yeah, then you eBay. put it on there, and then <laughs> all of a sudden printed. it goes from uh, <laughs> uh, an acceptable sporter model to a weapon of mass destruction <laughs> just because of one fifty cent a plastic weapon part. Of war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, killing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's it's just it's really a lot of low level inconvenience stuff because I mean, yeah. yeah, it's still the same. Like the rifle. silencer thing too. 
in like the, uh, yeah well there's like certain grips they they outlaw well like silencers too. is a different thing like most states you're not going to be able to own a silencer unless you get like a stamp for it and by stamp I mean I think it's they like just an federally extreme. outlawed them right it just passed like a few months ago it's a federal ban on it now I don't know either that way when the, the ban goes through they don't ever do like a repossession if you have it that's why if you look on a lot of gun websites they'll say pre-ban that's why you can still buy an AK-47 in the state of California kind of with all the other bad stuff on it they don't like the real plastic handle with your service it's can you banned. buy because you can apply for special permits in California for automatic rifles right no yeah for sure I can't no. you can't no so I think there's some people I mean anyone can. here's the thing in California, I think a lot of military people in can. California you can bring your guns that are not allowed in California to California because you're active duty military yeah. But as soon as you're not in the military, if you don't leave the state of California, you got to get rid of them or sell them. I'm pretty sure that is. Or, or maybe it's like a grandfathered in thing, but they're not. I think it's only while you're active duty you can have them. And even okay. then, the authorities are going to give you a hard time if they see you with them. Yeah, like you if you drive around with it. Well, if you just roll down to the indoor gun club and, you know, some it's guys definitely not there, open carry. We don't have a, we're not open no. carry standard well, at all. Well, you, you used know, so. to. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I remember watching a video on PB. It was only like, what, 2010 maybe or 2011. They had like oh, a big really? open carry event in PB, and people were down there right really? by a short club with rifles and shotguns. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, well, they're trying to take this away, and we just think it's stupid. It's like, we're down here by the short club. There's 100 people here with guns, and nobody's dead. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to fight back like, and show that this is a safe thing. But I remember seeing that and just, wow, that's weird see a bunch of people with shotguns by the short club yeah. in California yeah, yeah. to even think that it was open yeah. carry back then but I think people just don't really appreciate how much gun rights in California deteriorated very quickly because in the early 2000s California was still considered the gun crazy state and it just got a little more crazier by gun loving people across the country's standards you know it was a pretty sharp I would say like 2007 is when it just went whoop like around that time frame, it was like, all right, we got pretty much a no tolerance. We're going to make things as difficult as possible. Yeah. And none of it makes sense. Like, I wanted to buy this um, 45 1911 from Pulp Fiction. They had it at the gun shop. It's by Rock Island. They're based in the Philippines. My buddy Colton Corey in Electric Mud, he has a Rock Island 1911 that's legal in the state of California. And he bought it online and got it shipped to the gun store. And he bought it from there. Literally the same gun. The only difference is one is nickel-plated and looks like a pimp gun, and one is just gray military style, right? So when I went up to go buy this nickel-plated one, they're like, well, you can only get that in 38 Super. And 38 Super is a very fancy sporting round that costs a lot of money. And I said, can I get it in 45? And they said, no. I said, why? They're like, well, we didn't safety test it for 45. I'm like, but it's the same gun as this one. He's like, yes, but the state of California says that because this one is nickel-plated, it has to get its own separate safety test. I'm like, literally, it's the same thing. The only difference yeah. is they put a different paint on it, like, pretty yeah, much. Side, yeah, but it's a total... Yeah. That would be like if Toyota brought over yeah, 10 like, Corollas, <laughs> and they're like, well, that one's white, and that one's black. Exactly. we got to do different crash tests on them. But it's all just to be inconvenient, really. This one has leather interiors, and this one has cloth interiors. Yeah, so pretty much. you're not allowed to have the leather interior. Because it hasn't California. been safety rated. Uh. <laughs> and it causes cancer, known to the state of California to cause because cancer. Because idiot voters who aren't informed uh, oh. <laughs> scream loudly on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, California is pretty bad with ill-informed people. It's a very emotional state. It's very emotional 
family driven, and I think a lot of it has to do with the it's beach, the good. booze. It's too and, comfortable. It's too yeah, good. people are it's so almost com- inevitable. Like, yeah, of course. Like, it, complacency, too awesome complacency. Yeah. So it's going to make everyone weak and yeah, and just and whiny and like it's just almost natural. Well, not even really complaining and whiny. Like I talk to these people around town, and they like talk about California like it's like a utopia, and they've never even left California. It's like yeah. why, why would I leave? Same, this is yeah. the best place. It's like I could pick five places outside of Philadelphia I would rather live than here yeah. and it's not because of the weather that's for sure well, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. and there's a misconception I mean, that California yeah. people are really nice and I just haven't seen that they're nice if you no. agree with their views but then they become very snooty very dismissive and uh, you know generally fucking annoying I'd say but I mean I don't mean to be a hater I met lots yeah. of fine people <laughs> met you yeah. met the boys in electric mud but, you know, a lot of people are transplants, man, from the military. They ended up yeah. staying here, Definitely. but they aren't from here, you know. Definitely, yeah. San Diego especially, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. San Diego is, I'd say, more conservative than most parts of California. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just due to, like, the military proximity and, and things of that nature, you do have a lot of people. But, you know, I'm not a hater of liberals. I used to be very, like, liberal when I realized that, well, no, being a conservative, I can agree with all the things I did as being a liberal and still be cool with people who disagree with me. Like, it turned into this thing that, I don't know, man. I just was, like, really big on, like, civil liberties, civil liberties. And it seemed like at the time... Are you actually, like, a libertarian? Or do you consider yourself more actual conservative? I mean, I would say I'm a libertarian, but I'm not one of those ones, like, on the libertarian Facebook page that act like anarchy (laughs) is the best thing. Like, if we're all going to be here, 8 million people, we have to have some sort of government. I just think it needs to be severely curtailed. I think the beast has no, gotten a little no too big. No rulers tattoo on your chest. <laughs> you know, what? I came up with like this goofy idea, and you know, right barcode and it says no rulers. Yeah, exactly. Just like, like right you know, over your heart. Yeah, wear that right to work like, in my yeah. uniform. Like get away, Jack. You know. No, no, not like that. But yeah, I would say extremely libertarian anymore. And I think I always was. I think when I was in my really left-leaning days, especially when I was like really like studying into the Eastern world, Soviet Union, socialism, and all that. It's sort of like you get in this zone where you know very well that all these ideas are terrible and all the proof is there that it's very terrible, yet you'll just ignore those things. Like what yeah. was Slavo Zizek, you know about him, the, the Marxist philosopher, he did a debate no, with, familiar. he's got like a really bad ticket, he, goes, he does that all the time, he talks like, he's like, and this is the information that I wish to talk about. You know, is right? that like coke? coke oh, no, no, he just has like, this yeah. nervous tick. He's, yeah. he's, it's, it's kind of a little distracting, but he did a great debate with Jordan Peterson just a little bit ago. And uh, he wrote a book called In Defense of Lost Causes, and I was reading some of it, and there was like, he's like, the history of the American leftist in the 20th century can be summed up as this. Even after the information about what was going on in the Soviet Union was very, uh, you know, um, what is it, Um, apparent, the gulags, the persecutions, even though I know that life in the Soviet Union is very terrible, nonetheless, because I agree with the ethos of it, I support Soviet socialism anyway. Even though I don't live in it and I'm not affected by it, I can go around and have the luxury to say that I support it, even though I know it's bad. Because really, that's what the left comes down to. It's really about bullshitting and bullshit. It's about things that sound real nice. And the world is, you know, the world is mice getting eaten by cats. The world is not a nice place. It's a very cruel place, and society has allowed us to elevate to a certain level out of that. But it's funny, you get too much regulation in society and then it becomes something more cruel than nature because there's not even an escape from it you know what right, i mean yeah. 
and with the technology we Where have today. Where you start forcing unnatural behaviors. That's yeah, yeah. I, I think it's all about voluntary. So like I, I always say, like I'm kind of controversial because I am very pro like capitalist, like free market. Oh, me too, me too. And yeah. it's almost because I was very socialist and cap, like com- I was a communist. Oh, same way, same way. I'm not saying that I was never a member of the yeah. communist party. <laughs> but yeah. I've yeah. never been a party guy. So I was more like that anarcho-communist. Yeah, okay. I'm like, fucking just tear it all down and everyone needs to just yeah. be free and then we'll all just make communes everywhere. Yeah, so you were 15 and smoking yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, okay, I went to cool, college cool. when I was 18. You know what I mean? But then it's like I found Ron Paul, so I've pretty much been like kind of like a libertarian. I've flirted with ANCAP, the anarcho-capitalist, but even that, like, I don't really agree with fully. You know, because I do think there needs to be some kind of structure. Yeah. You know, it's very complicated. Obviously, those those kind of discussions are very long and complicated or whatever. But um, I think like at the end of the day, I think. I just truly believe like free market capitalism is the best like yeah. system that just yeah. works the best. I think that's like almost like undeniable, mm-hmm. and I think it has like some like morality to it. Like I actually think there's like moral, like in free will and free yeah. decisions. Like that's where free morality will. kind of comes from. Yep. But I'm controversial because most people that think that way are just like fuck communism, fuck socialism. It doesn't ever work. You know, mm. hundred million dead. Hundred million. It's more, like yeah, yeah, talking, point, yeah. talking point, talking point, talking yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that's like, dude. I honestly think like if a hundred people just go out in the middle of nowhere and are just like, they all just buy into like, let's make this like a socialist society. Yeah, I think they could do it. I think there's proof of that happening. Like sure, little pockets sure. of it happening. Yeah. The I, problem I, is forcing it. I think it's like if you do it voluntary, that's kind of where I've just started being. Like if everything is just voluntary interactions, mutual cooperation, like choice. I think it works. You want to be capitalist? I think it works. You want to be socialist? I think it works. I mean, the problem is, you know, you point to the Soviet Union. It's like, it's kind of bullshit because it is not really like true communism or socialism because it really was like (laughs) a handful of people got control of the army and resources and then imposed their you know structure on everyone. So it's like almost doomed to fail from the start. But it's like if the Soviet Union actually was a giant, massive, organic revolution of people who wanted to buy into the system and then did it, oh, yeah. I think it actually had a pretty good chance well, of fucking working. Well, there were a lot working. of people I mean, that bought into the system and, and did it. It's there, just, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it but all you comes down to... The problem is the force. You get the monopolies on violence and you See, the type of thing you're getting to, the, uh, the, the getting back to the basics, the idea of a commune out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we need consumer goods, you know. We need things like that. It's just... You know, I mean, yeah, there was an arms race going on in the Cold War, but you know, when there's no toilet paper because in, in the budget, someone forgot <laughs> yeah. to make toilet paper. Now here, it's very simple. A guy has inherited a toilet paper company from his great grandfather. There's been one here for 50 years. They've been making money off. They want to make toilet paper. They have to make toilet paper. But when it comes down to somebody's just like it's like packing packing up before a flight is like a five year plan. You always forget your toothbrush. You forgot your headphones, but you brought your iPod or something like that. It's like that's what a state-run economy is. Everyone's sitting there and they're like, and like they're like, all right, we're good. Oh, sorry, buddies, that was me. That's okay. Then all of a sudden they're like, well, we forgot to make toilet paper. Luckily, they had lots of propaganda laying around. Propaganda. No, that's true. My buddy Vadim, he was he grew up in the Soviet Union. He was in the Red Army during. The war in Afghanistan, he said when there were toilet paper shortages, they would just use Pravda, the Communist Party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, only a good thing it's useful for. <laughs> no, but I dig what you're saying. You're right. I mean, really, when you're in your own private world, 
you can do that. It's just the problem is with socialism, especially as an ethos, I mean, if we get to that, it calls for state regulation. When you get to state level, it always comes down to state power, and state power is always an issue. I mean, we yeah. just can't seem to get around it. The monopoly maybe on in violence, one right? miracle way we can get around it. It's like, hey, maybe there was like four or five dudes that went over to Jeffrey Dahmer's house and they just banged and didn't get eaten, but you never hear about them. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Statistically, you don't want to go to Jeffrey Dahmer's house, especially after you know yeah. what was going on there. But it's just sort of like that. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get what you're saying. But I mean, 100 million dead, I just don't understand in a freak. A free speech society, you know, we've made boogeymen, and I do think because, you know, the left runs the education system, why, uh, like at a college campus, let's say Berkeley, all right, you would never be able to wear a t-shirt with Hitler on it or have a swastika flag, but you can sort of get in this suedo accepted place where you're walking around with a hammer and sickle flag. Or maybe yeah. even a Cuban flag or North Korean flag, you know, and it's like, like they have this, like, it was a good intent, but it screwed up, whereas Nazism was always racially oriented and very evil. And then you look at the footprint over the whole world. We made the Nazis these boogeymen, and they weren't even around long enough to have the, you know, long-standing damages to the world that Soviet-style communism did. I mean, 100 million dead. I think the estimated high from the Nazi body count was like 20 million. Some say as low as 6 million. There's a large difference there, and I really think it just comes down to the moral implication that one was more racially based and one was egalitarian murder. Like, hey, you can all yeah. get murdered, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, but that gets back to like, especially supporters of Soviet-style communism themselves. They know how bad it is, but they, you know, they just have like, sort of like this fetishistic idea of goose-stepping and red flags, but it's not bad like Nazis is, because they're goose-stepping egalitarian, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Or things like that, they like the state power nonetheless, so really they're just as dangerous as these so-called supporters of fascism that are supposed to be everywhere in the United States. I mean, I've maybe met one or two in my life at World War II reenactments, and they were in SS units anyway and had tattoos, so you had no doubt that they well, were yes, very much yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's the amount of people who have this sort of illusion because we've allowed it to be appropriate this sort of fascination with the eastern bloc and this style of state power it's sort of gotten awry you know to the point that you can have expatriates from the soviet union get in a fight with a 25 year old college student ad nauseum about why it's bad and this person that never lived in it will say why he's wrong or he just didn't try hard enough it's it's sort of ridiculous because you get down into this core sort of in your being this belief of this it's like a myth almost it's like a church in itself you know this ideology you want to agree with it and you think it just can happen you just weren't happy with it and you should have tried harder and you know what is life i mean if i can be provided for that's a nice thing but i don't want to live in a box to do it you know I want to be free to be religious and then not be religious and then be religious again, but a different religion. I want to say aliens exist. I want to say they don't <laughs> exist. I want to do whatever I want to do, you know? I, I just don't care about security. I think security is laziness. And I think once people, I think it's everyone's afraid to die. Everyone's afraid to die yeah. and they don't want to have a meaningless life. And they think that the more collective we get, it's sort of like a really ambitious thing and we're carrying forward. But I think the, the cure to all that is just to go curtail back to yourself get back within your boundaries don't care about these assholes that don't care about you you know because anybody that calls you on the phone and says they care about you and they're a thousand miles away they're an asshole they want something from you they don't care about you Stalin said it best kill one person it's a tragedy 
uh, killed 30,000 people. It's a statistic or whatever. Yeah, it's Because the, there's a face to one person. Yeah. 30,000 people, you can never... Well, because you can relate. Exactly. If you hear that one person... Like, if you hear that, like, five students got shot in a school... Yeah. Like, you can relate. Like, you can put yourself there at that event. Yeah. If you hear that, like, an entire village got drone bombed... Yeah. It's like, whatever. What do you think... You know, um, that's not just so unrealistic. It's like a movie to you. What do you think about the Antifa thing, It's almost like... What do you think about the Antifa thing? What do you mean about it? Like... I think it's sort of like comical. Like, I'm not saying they don't cause problems, but it is... I mean, there's people who take it very seriously. I'm talking within their organization, and there's sort of the lackadaisical people. Well, it's kind of a joke. I think overall it's kind of a joke because, like, if it was... If it was a serious threat, like, real yeah. people... Like, real... There's a... This country has, like, real actual... Like, it's kind of a, almost a joke. Like, oh, these people in militias, you know? Oh, yeah. those dumb idiot, you know, LARPers out in the country, like, oh, pretending yeah. to be militia members. It's like, no, dude, that's for real. Oh, yeah. When shit really... When those people out there, like the unspoken, just people living in the woods, kind of just with their guns, minding their own business, when they actually feel like there is a legitimate group of legitimate threatening people trying to overthrow this government, those people are coming out, you know? Oh, yeah, they will. And they haven't yet. You know, and they're like silent and no one's talking about it. No one realizes what what is up. And I think it's like, the more I just kind of look at like, everyone's freaking out about Antifa and there's all these events and they're beating people with bike locks and it's like... Okay. I mean, everyone, too, like, the people that really, like, worry and focus and would kind of react to it aren't reacting. Yeah. So that's kind of comforting. Yeah. But it's like, if it keeps escalating, it's like, it's just going to keep going until that day when people wake up and go, oh, okay, they are a threat. Oh, okay, they are trying to destroy this country. (laughs) Oh, okay, well, maybe me and my buddies do need to get our guns and kind of... I just just think it's It's like the war is going to... I mean, and when that war breaks out, when it's the leftist, Antifa, communist people trying to, like, really tear down the government, and you have the other side, which is, like, whatever you want to call it, patriotic, pro-America people... Well, fascists, you mean. Or the, the, <laughs> Anyone the Nazis. The, Antifa, the Nazis. The, yeah, the, the pro-American <laughs> Nazis. Uh, Nazi it's party such members. a convenient <laughs> thing, right? You're anti-fascist. Can't you just say you're a communist? I mean, obviously you all are communists. And it's given that communists are anti-fascists and fascists are anti-communists. Yeah. But you have to say yeah. you're anti-fascist, but then it's convenient because anyone who's against you is obviously an anti-fascism, yeah. which you must yeah. be a fascist then, right? But, well, there, but there, yeah, I mean, just when that shit breaks out, it's going to be bad. Yeah. The people who really know, like the people who really are, like the patriots with the guns, like they don't want it. No. They're not. I mean, the people who want it are the people who are like, yeah, let's tear this country down. They're the ones like trying to organize and rally and like yeah. cause chaos. Yeah. And then the people who want to keep the status quo are just kind of like, okay, just please calm down. Just yep. okay. You know, and it's like when the tensions boil, those people are going to go. All right, I guess it's just fucking time. Let's yeah. do this, you know. Honestly, yeah, I read <laughs> and this, that's the day that's not pretty. You know I what I mean? This article I hope that Reddit. never happens. Like I want it to never happen. So I'm yeah. kind of glad that right now it's just a joke, and it kind of yeah. keeps seeming like it's just going to keep being LARPers on both sides, Republic, you know, Republican yep. and Democrat idiots, the Proud Boys versus the Antifa. <laughs> 
where it's like, yeah, whatever. They cut some of them are kind of right about some things, and most of them are all kind of wrong about most things. And yeah. they're all larping in the streets and beating yeah. each other with like no. Like, they all dress up as like Spartans and oh, like yeah, ninjas and stuff. Yeah. It's not like they're literally dressing up like Halloween costumes. Oh yeah, and they're serious. Like they in their minds, it's like this is the start of the culture war. <laughs> and I'm like looking at them like this looks like Halloween. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. Like, this is like a dangerous. like a frat party where people are like dress like an idiot tonight. Yeah, dude, exactly. They should just supply foam swords to them. Honestly, like give me your bat, give me your bat. That's what I say. Less one. guns, more swords. Let's have fun with the foam swords. Yeah, Let the blood off. roll. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. But no, I do. But it's like if it does keep escalating, I honestly think so. I think Trump's just gonna win. I just keep the more I look at. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Really, a super big supporter, but just for sure. I just the Democrats are such a mess, and then they're gonna they're gonna do another bullshit fake prop up of bullshit candidate no one wants, and that's gonna lose again. I think they might even be doing that on purpose because they might just be setting up 2024 to be a big huge power grab or whatever. They gotta have Hillary's clone hatch twice as fast. Yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) Well, Chelsea, they're gonna prop up Chelsea or whatever. Or Michelle Obama. But I think think when Trump wins, I do think Trump's gonna win unless he fucks up or the economy Mm -hmm. tanks, like, really fucking bad. Like well, that's the thing they're worried about, people trying to trigger that happening. Yeah. Like, at what expense? That could be bad. That could be really bad. If the economy to tanks and... two months before the election, well, really I mean, bad, that's, he's fucked. That's like, how we are just, now. Yeah. That's how our political system is. They'll be like, yeah. you know. What have you done for me lately? doesn't matter exactly. if the economy is like, booming for three the and a half years. economy right yeah. now. Make it look like Trump did it. Just so we get rid of But I think when he does get elected, I think it's going to be those people, those idiot whatever larper socialist communist people yeah like not even because it's not even all communists obviously yeah. i mean that kind of goes without saying right it's yeah. not all it's not all of the yeah. group but it's like those are the idiots that bring down the whole thing because now everyone goes fucking idiot young millennials trying to did fight for workers socialist? rights are all dumb idiots but it's only like a socialist of meeting out there that they published yeah that some... was yeah that was pretty uh... point of privilege <laughs> point of privilege and i'm like can we please stop? Uh, I left the comment. I'm like, in real gender. communism, these people would all have been killed already. <laughs> like, just imagine that. But that's and so that's the thing. So it's a kind of almost like, well, I'm glad that they're that. Like where I'm glad that's the from? state that they're in because then they're not a real threat to the actual. Well, where did this system, come from? Yeah. This extreme political. How did the generation that grew up on South Park turn into this? Like where it's. Uh, we're just broken. Why? We just, we're so broken. The boomers fucked us, man. They really. I can, I, I I can start my boomer rant right now. But I can't blame them all. Cause I think they just. They didn't well, I care. think it's a, it's just a big ripple effect of they had really strong, awesome parents, and they rebelled against. Well, look that. at Gen X. They're the ones who made South Park. They had a great time That's in the nineties. Nobody was worried about anything, and then maybe it was Gen X. You know, you had those off beats. You know, like the guy from the Goofy movie that ate the cheese, the Polly Shore character. He had a few kids. He's like, hey man, I'm a transmorpher. You know what I mean? And they just Gen X. That fucked us, dude. The boomers just Maybe, put that yeah. in with Mr. Rogers and Dr. Spock, and they came in. Like, Let's take it further. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Fred Rogers was a beautiful man. I love yeah. Mr. Rogers. I, I just think it's like Spock, the boomers just kind of partied, and then they just never grew up. Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, like the boomers are still just like not growing up, and now we are like broken. Like we don't have like a backbone. Like I feel like like a lot of us yeah, are just like we, really hit the we don't have guidance. We don't have morals. We don't have like strong like yeah. like the things that made like our grandparents 
the, the greatest generation. Yeah. Like, we literally lack all those good characteristics because we've just like our parents never grew up. So yeah. I think now it's like we're so broken and beaten that it's actually almost a good thing because I think we're gonna raise. We're fucked. Like I think we're fucked. Did you ever? But we're so to, uh, fucked that we're like gonna be start being angry and like realize that we're fucked. Like almost like when you hit rock bottom. Oh yeah, it happens. And we're gonna go. Summer. Well, we're not gonna let our children do that anymore. And I think we're about to wake up and start raising really good children. I hope but I so. think we're fucked because the boomers fucked us. You know. <laughs> I mean, they definitely. Play so it's kind of like a big. It. I think it's just a big cyclical thing. Like you just kind of that. It's like an almost like an um, anecdotal thing about empires, right? They rise and fall, like. Dude, we the need Empire. a video in here. We need a video camera. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have video cameras? No. Dude, I've no. got so many that I use to film electric mud. I don't use yeah. them anymore. We'll do a video podcast <laughs> yeah. one time. Yeah, for sure. But I'll get the, you, we can uh, get the screens up. Let me stuff. take you down the conspiracy. But real quick, just to wrap up a thought, because it's like that, that thought of like, you know, like like good times are made by strong men, strong generations, strong men, right? Is there only smoking outside? Yes. That's okay. That's we can take a break in a second after That's I finish really my rambling. Oh, are we going to pause it? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, we can pause for a second. Go? I can keep going. I just want to make oh, for sure, sure that you don't go too much over your limit, or I don't know how long no, you like to keep them. We can go as long. All right. <laughs> we're going to smoke, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Yuri Bezimov about his theories back in 85. Bob Lazar was full of crap, and Stacy, who made love with Bigfoot, thought he was Phil. <laughs> I do need a little smoke. Fuck yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's like the just to wrap up, it's like the good thought of like um good time or good times are made by strong men. But okay. the good times make weak men. Yeah. Well, you know the, you know what I mean? It's like you don't need to be a strong man if times are good. Yeah. And so the weak men make bad times. But then bad times make strong men. It's like a big cycle. It's like a huge cycle of like the, the strong generations make good times. The good times like, and you see it. Like the, the greatest generation had to deal with all the fucking wars and, and yeah. depression and all the chaos of like new technology mm-hmm. just like completely upending society and changing the culture. Yeah. And then what? It, everything booms. And then the generation that gets, you know, raised in that boom well, sucks because they're weak and they don't have a backbone. They don't have like real like actual character. They don't have nothing, anything to fight for. You know, there's I no think need the best to. thing to do is just draw back again. And to now the, things suck. To the personal <laughs> level. The best way is just to draw back because the whole the whole history of humanity, the evolution of humanity, can be witnessed in one single life. Because you go through all the stages and then you get this education with this technology, but this comes much later. I mean, there's people alive now that are 90 years old and can't work an iPhone like you can. You're already surpassed them. It happens every life. You go through your crawling and all that. So we can look at all of humanity's you know achievements in one life depending on how it goes like you start in diapers and end but in diapers but it's like my grandfather like- he's a baby boomer you know he served during Nam in you know California in the Air Force but hey he's a hero he smuggled weed no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding but anyway probably one of the most put together men I know him and his wife have been through a lot with their children specifically my father he's been in prison for 17 years in and out very abusive person very terrible person and uh, I've lived in that shadow so it's like I think maybe it goes like this you know because I thought about it just like you said 
Maybe because my dad didn't have anything to live under, no shadow, no reputation, he had a good father, something to rebel against, he didn't care, his failures were his own. He could go about and do that, but now it's like whenever I want to get a little reckless or something, I'm always thinking, oh my God, because my grandparents raised me too, because my mom, you know, she's out of the picture, we didn't, you know, get along, I moved out from there when I was like 14. It's like if something goes wrong with me, that's going to hurt them twice as bad because they're going to say, oh, we did it to another one. You know, they're still in that mindset that our children are the product of how we raised them. And really, it's not that at all. You know, I don't really think it's that at all because there's some un intangible thing inside you that the environment affects very little. It's like, you know, your core self. I don't know how to explain it. But maybe it is like that. It just made it easier for him because he had a very respectable father who was very strict. He rebelled against him and did all this. And now that I've had a very bad father that lived a very poor life, I won't do any of that. And maybe I'll come up half decent. But if I have a kid and I'm half decent, maybe, you know, he's not going to care that his grandfather was a yeah. piece of shit and he'll be a well, piece yeah, yeah. of shit. And maybe it just <laughs> skips, you know, maybe it just skips along. That's the whole generational thing. And that's why international communism will never work. <laughs> Smoke break, smoke break. <laughs>